0: Hello and welcome to Wenatchee in the Word, a podcast ministry of Ridgepoint Baptist Church. Our purpose is to help each one of us grow more in love with God by studying and meditating on His Word. We're glad you've joined us today. Now, let's see what the Bible has to say. Welcome back, friends, to Wenatchee in the Word. I'm excited to dive right into John chapter 8. Today and a pretty well-known story for anyone who might be has maybe has been in church for any length of time, but it's a just a perfect story to point uh, to the balance in our Savior of uh, not condemning, but also we're going to see not condoning uh, sinful behavior, and so we're going to look at it in John chapter eight. Now to start the chapter, uh, we need to realize when the Bible was written, it didn't have the chapter divisions, the verse divisions like we have it now as we look into it. So when we get to John chapter 8 and verse number 1, it's a contrasting thought that comes right after verse 53 of the following chapter. So the end of chapter 7 says, Every man went unto his own house. But then it contrasts that by saying, Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives. So it was not uncommon for people in these busy times of Jerusalem, remember this is the Feast of the Tabernacles, there would have been a lot of people here in this area uh, for the festival and for the times of observances and for the worship and going into the Temple Mount every day. And so uh, it was not uncommon in these times uh, for people to camp out during these busy times and uh jesus in the luke account of last chapter there was just one verse that says uh he went secretly to jerusalem and we uh, talked about how he went through samaria well in the luke account of that whole trip uh when jesus is talking to some uh possible followers of him some would be disciples um Jesus says to one of them that, you know, I don't have a place to lay my head. I don't always have a place to stay. And this might have been one of those times that Jesus didn't have a home to go to in Jerusalem to stay at. And so he would have gone to uh, the Mount of Olives and and would have been sleeping out there uh, on that mount overnight in the middle of the feast days. And it says, then verse 2, And early in the morning he came again into the temple. so. He sleeps over on the Mount of Olives, comes into the temple early in the morning, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. When Jesus came to the temple, people came and they listened to him teach. Uh, and it was different back then. He sat when teaching, it says. Now, Nowadays when uh, we go to church or we sit in a class, it's uh, a lecture, uh, and and people stand behind a podium or something like that. But back there, then, when they had teaching, there was a lot of give and take. There, it was kind of like what we would think of in someone's home—a personal Bible study type thing, where someone says something, another person gives their in, input, and uh, and there's some give and take, some back and forth talk. And so they, he would have just been sitting here, uh, and and teaching these people, and and they would have been asking questions, he would have been answering them. And it says that in the middle of his teaching here, verse 3, the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. So Jesus is teaching the scribes and the Pharisees. They bring a woman that they found in adultery uh, in the very act of adultery. And they throw her down into the middle of where Jesus was sitting and where all these people are sitting in front of him. And they say, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now, Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? So they caught this woman who was in adultery Most likely a woman who was betrothed and broke this promise of the betrothal period. Um, And they bring her to Jesus right there on the Temple Mount, interrupting his teaching time. Um, It's interesting, they weren't holding the man of this sin to the same judgment of this woman. It takes two to commit adultery, but uh, here they are just throwing the woman before Jesus. And they say, the law of Moses says she should be stoned. Now, at, even at this time in their history, they were not executing people for adultery. I, I think of when Joseph was going to put Mary away privily. Uh, in that time, you know, people would find out that someone whose betrothed was pregnant. Uh, then they would, they, the law says, as they state... Uh, to find that out that that adultery had taken place, she should be stoned. But uh, we see, you know, Joseph was going to put her away privily. It was going to kind of put her away secretly. wasn't going to stone her. Uh, at this time, it was very uncommon to be stoned to death. But they they were really just coming to Jesus with this, saying, "Hey, you know, you don't you say we don't follow the law, but what do you do with it?" So as we talked about in the last episode, they uh, Jesus and Had an indictment on them of not following their very own rules. And so now they're kind of coming to him with, You say we don't follow the law, but what do you do with it? And they thought they had the perfect situation because either way, Jesus loses. If he says execute her, then the people that were listening to him teach, the people there, would see him as harsh and someone that they don't want to follow. But if he says no, then he's violating the law just as he accused them of doing. So they think they have him in the perfect situation. But Jesus found the perfect balance of not condemning and not condoning. Uh, You know, typically we err on one of these two sides. Uh, We uh, are quick to judge and condemn someone for something they did, or we uh, err on the complete opposite side and just condone any behavior by anyone. We need to follow the example of Jesus here and find a balance between that, that we're not just condemning people and quick to judge, but that we're also not condoning their sin. Find the balance of—well, we'll we'll talk about that in just a second when we see what Jesus says to the woman. But uh, Jesus, he looks down, and his response was not to say anything. He looks down, and then he starts to draw or write something in the ground we don't know what he wrote um there is a lot of speculation as to what he wrote some people think he would have been writing the 10 commandments uh some people think he would have been writing the names of some maybe some women that the Pharisees and the scribes who were standing there had had adulterous relationships with uh and some people think you know, they're just there are a lot of uh things that scholars have kind of uh, assumed or or speculated about on what he was writing, the truth is we truly don't know what he was writing in the sand but uh but we do know that this is astounding this is his this is his response, and they continue to ask him as he's writing it says uh so they did it to tempt him that they might have to accuse him, but Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking them, uh, asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And so they're, they're like, okay, what do, you, what do you say about this? What, what's your answer? And Jesus says, whoever of you has no sin, throw the first stone at her. And then he just stooped back down and started writing back in the in the ground. Um and when they heard that, it says they were convicted by their own conscience. They they heard you who's without sin cast the first stone. And this is this is amazing their innate knowledge before God of what sin is, because God gives every man a conscience, a conscience. They know as well as everyone else, they have sinned, and they should be judged as well for their sin. And so when they hear this, they, they're convicted because they know, well, I'm a sinner too. No one here has no sin. And it says that each of them went out one by one, beginning at the oldest, even unto the last. The oldest left first. And part of that, I think, could be uh, I'm still kind of a young guy and, and struggle with, as many people do, but I feel like younger people more so struggle with pride maybe than older folks do. And so because of this, maybe it was easier for the oldest to humble himself to say, well, I have sin in my life. And walk away first. And maybe the youngest, it took a little while for him to go, No, I'm alright. No, I'm... Actually, yeah, I do have some sin. Before he leaves. But it says the oldest first, and then all the way to the last. And then it says, they're all gone. And Jesus is left alone with the woman standing in the midst. So all of the accusers are gone. And Jesus looks up and sees no one but the woman and says to her woman where are the where are those thine accusers hath no man condemned thee says where are all the people who were accusing you of this sin are are none of them going to condemn you and she says no one and jesus says i don't condemn you either go and sin no more Wow. What a profound statement. When Jesus looks and sees he's alone with the woman and says, where are your accusers? And she says, there is none. He says, you're right, there there are none because I'm not condemning you either. Go and sin no more. So he doesn't just say, you're right, I don't condemn you. Go back to what you were doing. No, he says, look, because I've forgiven you, now go and live for me. because." I don't condemn you. Now go and live a lifestyle that is different from the sin that you are committing. And I love how Jesus here shows us truly the balance between quick to judge, quick to see people in their sin and what they've done wrong, but then on the other side, people who are just quick to say, well, that's life, we're all sinners, we all do this that's how we were born, you know, whatever the excuse might be, and just condoning whatever. And Jesus here has a perfect balance of saying, look, I don't condemn you. You're already condemned because of your sin. We know that. We've talked about that as we looked through the book of John already. But uh, I don't condemn you, but I also don't condone your sin. So I've forgiven you. I don't condemn you. But because of that truth, go and sin go and live in a way that would that would try to live without sin go and sin no more and it's a great challenge for us one the example of Jesus to to find a balance between condemning people and condoning what they're doing but it's also a wonderful picture of how Jesus interacts with us that Jesus he sees us knowing we're sinners and yet Because of what he did on the cross, there is no, and Romans chapter 8, there is now no, therefore, no condemnation. There's no condemnation for those who know him as their savior. Jesus does not condemn us anymore, but he also doesn't condone our sin. His challenge to us would be the same as this woman. I've forgiven you. Now go and live for me. Go and live for me. And what a wonderful, wonderful challenge for us. As we go through this day, just to be reminded of the fact that we are all sinners. Each and every one of these Pharisees and scribes that were standing here, they knew it. We're all sinners. But because of Jesus, we're not condemned. But because of that truth, we can go and live a lifestyle for Christ. Not live in sin but live for the Savior. And so as we go through this day, uh, let's just strive to live lives that would sin less. I don't believe that any of us will ever become on this earth sinless, but we can always strive to sin less. And so because of the fact that we are not condemned, let's live in the light of that truth and not live in our sin but live for our Savior. We'll pick it up in the rest of John chapter 8 in the next episode, but I hope you have a great day today in the Lord, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and subscribe to it, or share it with your friends. You can hit that share button, or take a screenshot and share it on your social media. And if you're from the Wenatchee area, we'd love to see you at Ridgepoint sometime. Find out more about our ministry at winatchichurch.com. Thanks again for listening. God bless.